Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Anyone going to be up for the game tonight? England, Croatia? Yeah, come on. It's, um, it's a bit of a grudge match, if you'll remember, in the World Cup. Um, this last World Cup, Croatia knocked England out in the semifinal. It was emotional. Um, probably no one else here but me cares about that, but I do. It's one of my many weaknesses is my love of football. Hello, my name is Jake. Um, I'm sure that I've met a lot of you before. If I haven't met you, nice to meet you. Um, really excited to be with you guys tonight. And we're starting this new theme focused on this idea of embracing the word. Um, embracing the Word of God. And we want to center on the Word of God that's found actually in the Bible. Um, We know that God can speak to us in our day-to-day lives. He can speak to us through friends. He can speak to us through family members, through nature, a lot of different ways. Um, But tonight what we're going to dig into is how God speaks to us through the Word and how He arranged for that to be something that all of humanity can experience. One of the things I love about this video that we just watched. Um, The guys who put it together are amazing, by the way. If you're like new to Christianity or if you've been a Christian for 30 years, you want to know more about God, you want to know more about the Bible, thebibleproject.com, go there. They've got probably like 20 hours worth of those type of videos that really just explain what the Bible is all about, what Christianity is all about. So I highly, highly recommend that. So we're going to dive into the passage for this evening. Um, It was read earlier by Rachel, but we're going to read it again. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, his servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
So this passage takes place, um, if you remember in the video, it talked about the people of Israel, the children of Israel, who were a group of people early on in history that God interacted with, and he talked with a man called Abraham, and that entire nation was descendant from him. And God interacted with these people. He taught them his ways. He spoke life over them. He gave them prophecies and delivered them from crazy, wild circumstances like slavery in Egypt and amazing things like that. And the point in the story where we come to now is God's actually been journeying with these people for quite some time. In fact, generations and generations worth of people. And over this time, he's developed relationship with them. He's given them what's called the book of the law, which is his keys, God's way of living the good life. And so at this point, God is, is telling them, these people that he's chosen, what their inheritance is going to be because he calls them his children. And in this passage, we find actually four inheritance items that God has for these people, but three specific ones that are new to these people. And I want to dive into those a little bit right now. The first inheritance item in this passage that God wants to give to the children of Israel, and I also believe that he wants to give to us, is a place to call home. We see in verse 3, it says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. So what, what they don't have is a place to call home. They've actually, their parents were liberated from slavery, and this entire nation has lived as nomads, for generations. They've been stuck in a nomad state of life for over a hundred years. And in this place, God is saying to them, I want to give you a place called home. Every place that your foot treads, that's what I want to give you. And so for us, that probably doesn't mean that if we walk down the street of Newcastle, that every pavement stone that our feet step on, that's ours now. Maybe not quite in the physical realm, but as Christians, we believe that there is a spiritual realm. There's a place where our spirits can connect to God's spirit and can connect to the spirits of other people. And in that place, I believe that God does want to give us anywhere that we touch in the spiritual realm, anywhere that we bring life, anywhere that we bring healing and wholeness, anywhere that we bring kindness and love. That is a place that is redeemed and brought back to its original purpose, its original intent. So the first thing that God wants to give the children of Israel as their inheritance and to us is a place to call home. For us, where we're at right now in church is a huge part of that place to call home. There's nothing more powerful when it comes to a redeemed life than the community that we live in. When you live in a place where you know that the people around you love you and accept you and champion you and support you, Man, that is home. It's not actually a location that makes home. You've heard that before. It's the people around you. So the first thing he offers to these people and that he offers to us is a place to call home. The second inheritance that is ours as Christians is God with us or the presence of God. It says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And the result of God being with us, the presence of God is later on in the passage, it refers to strength and courage. And sometimes maybe we read that and we think, okay, if I'm strong and if I'm courageous, then God will be with me. But that's actually not what it's saying. It's saying, if God is with you, 
then you will be strong and courageous. The result of the presence of God is strength and courage. And I believe we need that. Hey, especially in the wildness of the world around us today, I need to know that God is with me to be strong and courageous. I actually have quite a difficult time doing that on my own. In fact, when I try to do it on my own, I usually end up pretty terrified, depressed, anxious, all of those things that just aren't great. So that second thing is God with us, the presence of God. The third thing that God offers in inheritance to these people, and I believe to us as well, is success and victory. In verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. And then further on above, it says, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So in this passage, we're talking about three really powerful inheritance items that are available to every Christian that God specifically was giving to the children of Israel at this time, but that he passes on to us as well as his children now. And that last item is success and victory. It's, it's knowing that because we have a safe place called home and because God is with us, we have strength and courage to fight, to do life, to go after the things that God's called us to, to go after dreams and visions and to see them fulfilled because of this place called home and because of the presence of God that gives us strength and courage. So just like England got knocked out of the World Cup by Croatia, one of the things that you would see in just about any sporting competition is, is that it's very rare for a team to win an entire sporting competition and not lose a game. It has happened a few times, but it's very seldom. So when I talk about success and victory, I'm not actually saying we never lose. I'm not actually saying we don't have hard things that come up that we have to face and that we absolutely need a place to call home to get through and that we absolutely need the strength and the courage that comes from the presence of God to address. But what I do mean is that at the end of the season, we're on top of the table. At the end of our lives and at the end of the seasons that we walk in, we get to walk in those places close with God, knowing that victory and success is our inheritance as sons and daughters of God. So as we finish this passage, God reminds the children of Israel of something. And I believe here it wants to remind us of this as well. In verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So I wanna rewind this story a bit, a hundred years prior to this passage happening. And I wanna set a scene for us. So if we can all just close our eyes, I like to visualize things. So everybody close your eyes. And I want us to all picture in our mind a big mountain, just a big mountain. Maybe the top of it has snow on it. Maybe there's even some snow falling. And then in that picture of that massive mountain that's a little bit gray with snow on the top, I want, I want you to add storm clouds to the top. And they're just dark, roiling storm clouds. But then in the middle of those clouds, I want you to add light. So we've got a crazy situation on top of this mountain. And as we're looking at this mountain with the, the dark clouds, the deep clouds, but with the light in the center, we see lightning crashing down and we see chaos and madness, but at the same time, beauty. 
and then pan to the bottom of the mountain. And I want us to see an entire, just massive area, the entire foot of the mountain covered in tents. And there's people running around. There's people talking to each other, doing life in the base of this mountain. This is an event that happened literally a hundred years before this passage was written, before this event happened. And at the top of that mountain, that, that storm that's taking place and that light that's there is literally the presence of God. He's there. And the children of Israel are on the bottom of the mountain. Everybody can open their eyes now. Some people are falling asleep. I don't want that to happen. So the children of Israel at the bottom of this mountain. And while they're there with the Shekinah glory of God on top of the mountain, with lightning striking down the mountain, there's earthquakes every once in a while. And at the same time, it's not super scary. It's kind of scary. But at the same time, there's something powerful and good about what's happening on top of the mountain. At the same time, we look down at the children of Israel and just picture yourself there. What do you think you'd be doing if you, you knew the presence of God was on top of that mountain? Anyone? What might you be doing? Climbing the mountain? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yes. Climb the mountain. Oh, you guys are great. Maybe you'd be climbing the mountain. Anything else you might be doing? Maybe just looking at the mountain. Absolutely. Seeing the beauty that's right in front of you. These guys aren't doing that. Okay. They've actually decided, you know what? The, the mountain's cool. And literally the God of the universe that's on top of the mountain, he's all right. But I think I want to make a statue of a cow. And I want to look at that instead. And I'm going to worship that. So they started having a party worshiping this cow at the bottom. This is like really happened. Like this actually happened. That's crazy. And maybe sometimes it happens in our own lives too. Just a little plug there. Maybe sometimes the Shekinah glory of God is actually so close to us and, and we can focus a bit too much on the, the small things in our lives. But these people are at the base of this mountain with the Shekinah glory of God. And Moses is on top of the mountain with God, getting a list of guidelines to live by. And those guidelines are what we're talking about here, the book of the law. Sometimes people think it was just the Ten Commandments. It wasn't. It was actually an entire writing of how to live, how to do life, how to be people who live the good life. So Moses is up there receiving that for the children of Israel. He comes down and he sees them worshiping this cow. It's not a good time. He's really upset. He breaks the tablets, the famous Ten Commandments tablets. He breaks them and he's quite upset. And it takes God a hundred years of working with these people to show them how to live. So he gave them the rules. He gave them the guidelines to living the good life. And it took him a hundred years of interacting with this nation and delivering them from dangerous situations and giving them goodness and grace to teach them how to live in this way. And at the end of those hundred years, when we get to this passage, maybe those laws, those rules, that way to live the good life starts to become etched on the tablets of their heart. And it starts to become a part of who this nation is. And it's at this point that he tells them, hey, your inheritance that I have for you after all these years is a place to call home. It's my presence that's going to go with you no matter where you go, no matter what happens. It's success and victory in whatever you face. But don't forget about my word. 
don't forget about the book of the law that I've given you. Because the reality of our lives is sometimes it's hard to tell if you feel like you're at home, wherever you are. Hey, sometimes church doesn't feel like home. Sometimes we have pain in our hearts or in our lives, and there is no place that really feels safe, right? There's no place sometimes that really feels like home. And sometimes, sometimes I cannot sense the presence of God with me. Sometimes I just, I just don't. Sometimes I worship really hard or I pray really hard or I, I seek God. And sometimes it just feels like there's nothing, just feels like nothing's there. And that's a hard place to be. Can anyone relate to that? So you're not alone if you feel that way. I just want to say that. Like, I'm up here preaching not because I'm anything special at all, not because I get this right all the time. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm winning. Like, anyone, can anyone relate to that? Sometimes I, do, I was, last week, I was working for a friend of mine, and I, to, I told him a few weeks ago that I had a week free. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll work for you at this time. And um, I, was, I was sure that this time of year, Australians, you guys are amazing. You're so much tougher than Americans because he was not working inside. The entire project was outside. And I played a lot of sport, probably a bit too much. So I had shin splints really bad at the beginning of the week. And we had scaffolding built up on the side of this house to paint these windows. I did not feel like I was winning, climbing up the scaffolding, painting those windows with shin splints. I did not feel like I was winning. I didn't feel success. I didn't feel victory. I just felt happy when I got off the scaffold. That was it. Like That was about as good as it got for me. So in that place, when I don't have a place to call home, or I don't feel like I do, or I can't sense the presence of God, or man, I just don't feel like I'm winning, what God reminds me of, what he's inviting you to be reminded of, and what he was reminding the children of Israel, is that even when those things are absent, the word of God isn't. It's there. You can open this thing up, and you can literally read words, recorded words that God has said. You can open this thing up and literally hear stories of God's power changing people's lives who wanted nothing to do with him, who weren't even his children, that he sought and ran after and loved radically and unafraid. And that is a beautiful part of our inheritance as well, is this book that we have in front of us. And I think sometimes we can hesitate to interact with that inheritance. Sometimes there are a lot of barriers to that. Growing up, I had ADHD really like intensely. I still do. It's still definitely a part of my life. And to sit still for two minutes was like until I was 16 or 17. It just was not a thing that I could do. So reading the Bible was actually quite difficult for me. Audio reading the Bible is what I learned to do. So I would just download it as an audio book and just listen to it. So whatever the barriers are, there are ways to overcome those barriers, definite ways to break through. So I just want to spend the next couple minutes talking about ways that we can interact with the Bible as our inheritance. And it's found right here in this passage. The first way is this in verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Sounds a bit vague, but it literally just means talk about the word read it out loud. So one of the keys, one of the ways that we get to interact with our inheritance is literally just to read it out loud or speak it out loud. Sometimes you've heard, maybe you've heard people say declaring the promises of God in your life. 
and those sort of practices. But one of the easiest practices to interact with this inheritance that we have is to simply read out loud a passage every day. Maybe it's a verse, maybe it's two verses, maybe it's an entire book, whatever you're up for, but literally just saying it out loud. Because when you speak life out loud, it changes your circumstance. Not necessarily your circumstance, but it changes how you view your circumstance when you're speaking life out loud. The second thing that it says is you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. The second key is scripture meditation. I taught on this a little while ago, and meditation can be like the spectrum of what meditation is is pretty wide. It can be just, you know, thinking on something intentionally or like intense mindfulness, which is really good. And there are meditation techniques. If that's you, go for it. But literally just think about the word of God. So whatever you've quoted out loud, whatever you read out loud, think about that throughout the day. The third thing that it says here, to be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And who thinks that's a bit of a tall order? Do everything written in the Bible. Who's like, yeah, I got that. <laughs> that's no one. Okay, great, good. I'm glad that I'm not alone. And I started to think about that, and I, I, I see this story, and these people, again, 100 years, it took God to get this nation to a point where he could depart to the, uh, impart to them their inheritance. A hundred years. He's got a lot of grace for us. He's got a lot of patience. So I would just phrase it like this. It's just active decision-making in line with Scripture. So when you make your decisions about life, big or small, you just do the best you can to make them with the knowledge that you do have of the Word of God. And so as, as we close tonight, I'm just going to invite the band back up. I want to pose to you this. These guys that God was speaking to in this passage, when they heard about the book of the law, they had about one-fifth of this. They didn't have what you have in your hand right now or on your phone. Most of us on our phone probably these days. Um, they had about one-fifth, and that was enough for them to live the good life. And I just want to say, we are crazy, wild, blessed that we've got this, what we have here today. Because if these guys who are in this story, just imagine if they had had what we have right now. Imagine if the guy that God's talking to, his name was Joshua, imagine if God had just given him the complete version of what's going to happen, and he knew how the story ended, and imagine if he knew about Jesus and Jesus' redemption, and he could read about all of that happening. Imagine the impact that it would have had on him back then when all they had was a fifth of what we have today. So my invitation to us is to take this thing and interact with it. This is a part of your inheritance as sons and daughters of the living God. And I'm not saying to read it all tomorrow, and I'm not saying to memorize the whole thing in a week. Just interact with it. Read a verse. Think about that verse and then just seek God and try to line up your decisions with what's written in this book. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness and thank you that you've seen fit to give us your word and that regardless of the situations that we're in and regardless of whether or not we can feel you or your presence, thank you that we can always lean back on your word. We can always read it. We can always listen to it. We can always engage with it. 
literally any time. So thank you for that, God. We love you. You're the best. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Take some time now to consider what really stood out to you in that message. God has been speaking to you. What is it that He said to you? If you're in the room with someone else, turn and share with them what stood out to you. And I say to them, how can I pray for you? Share with them something that you love about God and something that you're thankful for this week. Or phone someone and ask them those questions. What do you love about God? What are you thankful for this week? And how can I pray for you? Bless you and have a great week.